0: We'll
1: Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, and Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. We've been gone for a while because we've been super busy traveling, going to North American OCR Championships, and then I got sick after, so I lost my voice, so I wasn't able to record. My voice is still a little scratchy, but we're going to kind of push through it anyway. Joining me on the podcast, I have several guests, so we're doing a little more of a roundtable type OCR podcast episode. I have Matt Willis from the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team, who finished second in the Pro Co-Ed Division at North American OCR Championships last year. Matt, welcome. Say hi. Thanks for having me. Also joining us, we have Amy Padick, also from the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team, regular on American Ninja Warrior. I think she's been on about five seasons. Also the only woman currently six. who's podiumed over, oh, six seasons, excuse me. Also the only woman who's podiumed at Individual race of World Service Motor and OCR World Championships. So, um, Amy, welcome back. Hello. And then finally, we also have Christina Honeybadger Armstrong, who we've had on the podcast before. Death race finisher, former Conquer the Gauntlet pro. HB, welcome back. Hello. Cool. So, before we jump into this episode, this episode is brought to you by Gooder. If you've been following the OCR World for the last year, you've probably heard of Gooder. They make sunglasses which are pretty awesome. They were the official sunglasses of North American OCR championships. They had like customized blue ones with the Noram logo in the top right corner and also on the inside. They're pretty awesome. Mud Run Guide also has a pair of specialty sunglasses from Gooder. It has the Mud Run Guide logo on the top. So pretty cool. You can check those out. If you head over to Mud Run Guide, it's on the banner page. You can actually click on it and order your own pair of Mud Run Guide and tell them Evan or Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team sent you. Really big fan of them. I just released a review about their sunglasses on the Strength and Speed page, so go over and check that out. Uh, what I really like about them is, one, they make a wide variety of colors, so like, I bought a couple different pairs to kind of match the different jerseys I race with, you know, Strength and Speed, Conquer the Gauntlet, my Atomic Climbing Holds jer- uh, sweatshirt, and then also one to match my yellow bib from Toughest mutter. They also stay on your face pretty good. So, uh, Christina, what are your thoughts on Gooder?
2: Oh well um I have 12 pairs of gooder um I actually got the had the privilege of being a model for them their last photo shoot, uh, for the floral line. Um, so, um, and right now they actually have a special going on where you can get a surprise box, um, at a low cost. You can get three pairs or four pairs, um, at a low, low cost, um, and get a surprise amount. Um, three or four come in that you don't know what you're getting, but, um, 10 to $25 off. Um, but yes, I wear them through all my races um, they, a lot of people don't know too. If you get them scratched, you can get the lenses replaced for free. Um, so great customer service, great feedback from everybody I've ever met that have had them. So I'm a huge fan. And um, if you join their website and buy purchase or purchase from them, um, you might see me in their emails.
1: Nice, good stuff. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the North American OCR Championships that was held in Stratton, Vermont, early in August. We're also going to be talking about Conquer the Gauntlet, Wichita, which is held at the end of August, and we're going to kind of just go go around the table and talk about some of our opinions and how the event went. So let's start off with Amy. Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar with North American OCR championships, it's a three-day event. So Friday is the 3K, Saturday is the 15K, Sunday is the team relay event followed by the charity event. So four events over the total of the weekend. Uh, Three of them are timed competitive. The charity event is not timed, obviously. So the the events, the weekend started off with the 3K on Friday. So Amy, give me some thoughts on the 3K and how you thought it went and how the course was set up, et cetera.
0: I really liked it this year, um, especially, not that other years were bad, but this one was my favorite. Um, I feel like they had um, really good, technically challenging obstacles for the 3K, and then they had a lot of back-to-back upper body obstacles, which is a game-changer. You don't have the running break in between. So I felt like it evened out the playing field a little bit more as far as the runners versus uh, people who are better at obstacles um, and whatnot, Um, especially where they had Gibbon uh, right after Skull Valley and um, the underdog and the gaff, so all those – Right, back to back was a game changer, I think, and, and then- Valkyrie
3: too. Right before, oh all yeah, those. And Valkyrie.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was a pretty good uh, series of obstacles there. Uh, Matt, what was your thought on um, Gibbons? And you know, I, I think a lot of people had trouble with that one. And you know, some people were saying it was too hard. Do you think it was too hard to add into the North American Championships?
3: No, I don't think it was too hard. Uh, it was it was a very well designed and well executed obstacle. It was just something that so many people had never seen. And so it the, the the immediate point that a lot of people jump off on is like, "Oh god, it's so hard." It's like, "No, it's just new. You haven't dealt with this before." And that's one of the great things about the adventure events is that there's always like, you know, two to three obstacles that are brand new that no one has ever seen before. So Gibbons uh, you know after uh, smashing my head into the <laughs> frame in Valkyrie, I had a little trouble with Gibbon because i couldn 't even like physically see where I was putting the <laughs> the, the dowels in them but uh, the The chicken wing for most was actually not only one of the more efficient ways but it ended up being faster for a lot of people who don 't you know, like, really do a whole lot of like bouldering and climbing and have just. Insane grip strength, like Amy, uh, who <laughs> who just put a peg and just like skipped three rungs, like Superwoman over there. It was it was insane. Well done, Amy, on that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but but for most, it would, it was actually just chicken wing one, two, and then just you were able to kind of lache out to the bell, and so that was actually a much faster way for the vast majority of competitors. And once that was kind of figured out by a few people, then it went smooth the rest of the weekend.
1: So for those of you who don't know, Gibbon obstacle created by force five, essentially it's floating monkey bars. So it's like five metal brackets and you have essentially two dowels, uh, a little bit longer than the pegatron pegs. And you basically do monkey bars, but you're carrying the actual bar with you. So you, you got to move the stick from, you know, bracket to bracket. Now, one of the things I really liked about adventury mm-hmm specifically with that obstacle, is they introduced it way, like, months ago, right? Like, they they talked about it on probably, it was probably, like, March or April. So, it gave athletes time to train for it. And I think if you introduce the obstacle to people early enough in the year, before the championship event, I almost think, I am mean, yeah, I think almost nothing's too hard, right? Like, as long as you give people the opportunity, right? Instead of them just showing up on game day and they're like, oh, well, I never... I've never practiced this, you know, it's something completely crazy. So yeah, that's just my, my two cents on the, on the-
3: Cause the, the week before, uh, I got talked into doing the, the grit games OCR challenge, which is like this crazy 12 hour event. I had no idea it was that long, but, uh, they have this like insane, like hundred some odd foot rig. And in the very middle of it was Gibbons. So they actually had their own variant of it that I actually got to try a week before and so yeah there were, there were already people that had made their own scale versions of like at their facilities so it was yeah the the training ahead of time for a lot of people was
1: already there and i know amy went to indian mud run this year which also had gibbons is that correct
0: um i was actually gimpy that weekend so i didn't oh. run
1: oh. And, uh... oh i'm sorry i was thinking of mud ninja i i, I know I, I always, you know, Mud Ninja has those awesome swords as prizes and uh, Hubie Cushman's Indian yeah. Mud Run also has some pretty awesome prizes. Uh, but that's right. You were hurt that weekend. Yeah. But anyway, the point is that they had yeah. the obstacle at other races, qualifiers for North American Championships. So if you're concerned, you could go to one of those events and race it. Or like I did, the athlete, one of the athletes in KCOCR, Red Buford and Alexis Buford, uh, father, father-daughter um, team, bought a bunch of the Force 5 brackets, the Gibbon brackets, and brought them to Apex Climbing Gym in Kansas City, and we practiced on them beforehand. Personally, I have, like, my left shoulder is a little messed up from some Army training back in 2013. Uh, If you've seen the movie G.I. Jane, when they're, like, they're driving around the Zodiacs, and people are sitting in the water, and they basically hook their arm and whip them into the boat. I was doing that back in 2013, and I'm pretty sure I tore something on the inside of my shoulder, uh, which I've never actually gotten checked, but when I hang from my left arm, it just does not go well. Like, I can't hang for very long from my left arm. It puts a lot of stress there. So I found when I was doing the Gibbon obstacle, I actually two-hand the bars. So I, I have, you know, I have the, the lead hand has a firm grip on the bar, and the trail hand, when I bring it up, I mm-hmm. hold the floating bar with two fingers, and I just you know, for a second just tap the, uh, the bar I'm on uh, with my other hand so it kind of gives me that little boost so I can connect to the next one. Now, like you said,
2: doing the
3: meet and swap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So basically matching hands kind of and switching, switching your lead arm. Now there's some talk about the chicken wings. So let's go around the table here. We'll start with HB and then go to Amy and then Matt. Should the chicken wing be allowed for Gibbons? HB, you're up first. What do you think?
2: So I don't. Again, it's it's about obstacle completion. It's it's any way you can get across an obstacle. Why why not? If your hands are torn, if your hands are tired, and that's the way you have to get across it, then that's the way you have to get across it. I think too many people nitpick uh, the way people are getting across it obstacles. So yeah, I mean, if you're getting and also. You're thinking about um, what, when I, I see some of these videos again. Again, I didn't go to Noram, but I got to watch all the videos. And then there's those athletes that are the amputees that have no choice but to chicken wing, um, and that's the only option they have. Uh, but why not? What, what's the big deal?
3: All right, and and you even saw all of the you know all, all like the the main names doing it. Like you know you you saw the the right. Ryan- You know, all the Ryans doing it, Lindsay, Nicole. So so you saw like seasoned athletes still, you know, like the best in the sport, still doing that. So I'm I'm with I'm with Christina. I think it is a a a, an acceptable way to cross. Sorry to butt in right there. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Andy, you're
0: mostly
1: The Ninja, what do
3: you say? I
0: mostly agree. Um, I do like if I'm going to approach an obstacle, I like to have the option to kind of get across it the way I want to. And being shorter, sometimes I have a different way than a lot of other people. The only thing with gibbon, um, I'm not sure, it sounded like a lot of people were um, potentially getting torn biceps from chicken wing it, so I can see from a safety standpoint why they might want to, um, but I guess as long as people are aware of the risk and proceed cautiously, I think it is still a good option.
3: Yeah, like the the bicep thing that you were mentioning, I think those were the people that instead of hooking at the elbow, they went like all the way up to like their armpit. And when they were trying to, uh, you know, to swing to the next one, they like rolled all their weight directly onto their bicep instead of just hooking it on their elbow. And those are the people that were getting like the major like depressions and contusions in their biceps. Those are the guys that had like the bruise that went like the whole length of their arm.
1: Yeah. So if you're going to chicken wing it, hook it in your elbow, not your shoulder. (laughs) The other dangerous part, as far as rules are concerned, with going all the way up to your armpit, was I saw uh, one of the female athletes who was almost like touching the bracket, you know, and they were like, they called her out and were like, you got to be careful with the bracket, be careful with the bracket. And then she like reached out and hit the bell and it was like, yeah. Like it wasn't a clear violation of the rules, (laughs) but it wasn't like a clean crossing. So it was like, I guess I'll allow it. Um, and the the judge didn't send them back, but uh,
3: so what do
2: you mean? What do you mean by touching the bracket? Like I I'm, I'm unclear what you mean by touching the bracket.
3: Like her her arm that, to where she she brought it all the way, like she chicken winged all the way to where the dowel was in her armpit, but and, her arm was kind of coming up to hit the bracket, and that kind of gated her from falling because it because it it just trapped it against the, the two opposing forces, which. If you're gonna chicken wing it, you should. You need to just be full hooking on only the dowel and not using any mechanical advantage on the on the bracket itself. Okay. And
2: and she
1: was also at like the far edge of one, so her shoulder, the front of her shoulder, was like essentially touching the black part of the bracket, which is you know like, and then like her her when her arm was wrapped around, it was like almost touching the the outer part of the bracket. Um. So little little Mm -hmm. on the line. Uh, I just released an article a couple weeks ago about Mud Guide on Mud Run Guide about rules, and you know as long as the rules are clear on what's allowed and what's not, I think I'm pretty good with whatever they choose, right? Like there's the whole bell kicking thing, you know, you're allowed to kick the bell or you're not. I, mean, I think across the sport, we basically decided you're not allowed to kick the bell at most events, so that's kind of out. And I prefer mm-hmm. I prefer when rules are the same, right? So if we're gonna say you can chicken wing. The monkey bars or you can chicken wing the rig, which I think you're allowed to do, or you should be allowed to do. I would say you should be allowed to chicken wing yeah. the gibbons too. Right. Like I prefer if all the rules are the same versus like, oh well, this one you can you can only use hands, but this one you can use any part of your arm. I'd rather just say be like upper body. You have to use your upper body to cross any grip hanging type obstacles. So
3: Yeah. <laughs> and ones that to where that would be impossible are obvious like if you're crossing like if you know they got like the atomic like ball bombs that are like you know two inches you're not going to chicken wing that <laughs> because reasons and physics
1: right Now I did find the 3k was it was the first time I've actually run a 3k at any of the championships and I did really like it because it was it was fast paced right I didn't look at my watch once and that's how I know there's a lot of obstacles and they're spaced very well because I'm I'm just running as hard as I can so I thought it was a lot of fun Amy, how did you end up doing in the 3K? I
0: won. I was age group, though, not pro, but I won.
1: Boom. Good job. And I know one of our teammates, fellow ninja, Michelle Warnke, did pretty well. Anyone want to share how she did? Yeah, she got third pro, I believe. That's right. And one of the cool things about that was she was actually in a different wave. So I think it was – Lindsay. Yeah. She was in like the, she was in the third wave, I think. Yeah. It was like Lindsay, Nicole, Tiffany Palmer, and then Rose, I believe. And, you know, and Alex and Alex Walker in, in that first heat too. Yeah. And then, you know, they assumed that was the top placement because those are the, a lot of the fast girls teamed up together. And then Michelle came back from, from essentially, you know, from a different wave and ended up coming in third. And I think the for her, the Gibbons was the deciding factor. Cause I was standing by the, uh, given to watching the ladies cross, and a lot of them were using chicken wings, so they were falling off and having to redo. And in a race as short as the three k, that makes a big difference. And Michelle went through that thing like it was—I mean, she just flew through. It was like a just a joke. She just nuked it. Yeah. yeah, it was impressive to watch. She did better than I did going through the on the on three k. That's for sure. I felt a little sloppy. Yep, um, but <laughs> I still got across. Hey, better than me. Yeah. So next day was the fifteen k. Matt, give me some thoughts on the 15K because I know you, you ran that one.
3: Yeah, the 15K is always a fun event. Uh, I, I both mean that and I also mean it in air quotes at the same time. <laughs> uh, because like that, that first 3K, you know, those first 2.1 miles where it's just, what was it, like 1,700 feet climb I was, you know, I was just hanging up with uh, with Marco Bedard, and I was just like, "What did we do to deserve this?" <laughs> and and it's it, it like, as soon as as soon as you get to that like top fire road in the fog, you just realize it's like, "Oh, good, I only have a hundred more feet to climb," which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> and and it's great because at the very top, they have some obstacles that are like just immediately challenging just to nail you because you're just ripped from that run. So it's like, oh okay, first obstacle to go up to sketch. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> so I mean the good thing is is everything up there I was able to to get first try, but it was just sketch, balanced obstacle, run up wall. That's where we also had the um the the force 5 rig with the big like spinning wheel and the 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 crossbars and the square bar and then the the low rig that was downhill that you also had to go down go through backwards to be more efficient oh god it was great um and just the 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 great thing about the 15k is that OCR is a notoriously difficult sport to make um, just a good spectator sport out of and what they're able to do kind of strategically for parts of the course, like that obstacle gauntlet at, at at the bottom uh, watching people on the, the red bag carry. So they, they brought you down strategically like one third, two third and toward the end of the race. So there was always something going on for the spectator. So, so that way it wasn't just, you know, Something to just stand there and just wait for your heat you 're able to see everything going on, which which I always think is amazing on that, and they did a very good job of having a good mix of obstacles, so a, a lot of races um, have kind of gone away from balanced obstacles, and I really miss those, and they had several of them at uh, <laughs> at, uh, at at NORAM this year. Uh, one of them that I really enjoyed was that one where it was like these 4 by 4s that you had to keep switching left and right on and then going upside down and uh, going across like kind of a, an army upside down, shimmy like a traverse, and then swinging yourself back around, just great, great obstacles. And I think they also spaced them well. So they did a good job of really taxing your running and your climbing abilities, throwing obstacles at you, giving you time to, I guess, recover with more uphill running. That last climb is always very evil in the back. Um, but the the design was, was spot on and I don't think there was any part of the course that was any more maniacal than any other section.
1: Yeah, I think it's a pretty good description. One of the things I really like about adventure series is i don't think any of the obstacles are like crazy hard so i think if you have if you fall off one and you have trouble you can take a minute or two regroup and complete it you know without having to put out some insane level of you know grip like if you threw pegatron in the middle of noram i mean i think a lot of people just physically can't do that type of obstacle um but I think a lot of the yeah. Oh man, if Pegatron was on top of that second climb. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I mean, as much as I want to put Pegatron in the in the championships, um and like like we talked about with Gibbon, I think if you told people Pegatron was gonna be in the championships in January, I think it would be completely fair to throw it in there, right? Or something similar, right? you like most of their obstacles are actually slightly watered down versions of the real ones, right? Like Urban Sky, uh when it was in the championships, it was you could it was essentially broken into sections. So I think if they did a Pegatron, it would probably be like you know half or three quarters length or something like that. It's just Evan's, Evans speculation, Evans opinion. I do like how they mix it up with you know the balance and the different obstacles. The balance obstacle you really liked, which I agree with. The only thing I would like better is if the balance was harder. Right, like it was a four x four, and Conquer the Gauntlet Z beam is a two by four. I would like to see maybe not the full Z beam in there, but like a, an L beam, you know, where it's like, it, it requires like decent balance mm-hmm. to get across Z beam. Like the first time I did Z beam, it took me like 15 minutes back like in Wichita in
2: 2016. Oh, I, I, I was there. I saw
1: that. Yeah. Did you get across first time,
2: Christina? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't, but I was there when I saw you. It took you several times. <laughs> I was there forever.
1: It ruined the race for me. I usually have bad luck at Wichita. Um, <laughs> It's changed this year, but yeah.
3: Scratchy, scratchy.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah right.
3: <laughs> said, and you know, I will say if they if they actually announced Pegatron, that would be at Noram or anything like that, you would see nationwide shortages of two by tens and one and three quarter plywood because everyone would be building one in their garage or backyard.
1: I mean, the number of people I saw that bought Gibbons was insane. So... Bravo to force five. And I guarantee that helped them. <laughs> so, Oh, they are printing money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Amy how did the, uh, any final thoughts on the, th- on the 15 K and how it went for you?
0: Um, I agree. I like the, the spread of obstacles they had. They had a good variety and like they, they actually did incorporate some balance, but I agree. I think they could push the balance a little bit harder because just about anybody can with their eyes closed, go across a, you know a four by four um, but if you think it a little bit harder um it might bring the balance the play a little bit more um and they had what the three four strength obstacles so they had a good showing as far as strength goes so they really played the you need to be good at obstacles you need to be strong and you need to be able to run i was mm-hmm. going up that mountain, when we hit that, um, was it that second obstacle? They're like, "You're halfway off." You're like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, and well, Amy, on the on the 15k, you remember uh, Triumph, which was like the rework yes. of. Okay, that second jump, did it make you for a second go like, "Whoa, shit!" They they made that longer.
0: Yeah, at first <laughs> I was like, "Wow, was it always this long?" But there's a little girl there, because I couldn't just let her go in front. of am <laughs> 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 gonna lose your little girl.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 I and I love the modification that they that they did to where it was. It was like, oh, okay, I know this jump. Whoa! And, yeah. then, and then that inverted V cargo net. I was like, yes. That just adding that all awesome. the new dynamics to that obstacle was great. So I love how they how they're taking kind of like tried and true obstacles and redesigning them and just kind of throwing different things at them.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Great job. Battle OCR, uh, who brought that obstacle? So, uh Paul, yes. Sidney Morris. I th- I'm like 90% sure I'm right on that. Coach Sid. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I'm right. Right. I think like, I had his name, right? Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that was the 15 K Amy quick. How did you do? I won. The yeah, Amy won of age group again. Um, awesome. And then the next day was the relay and I was hoping we could get Amy a third gold medal uh, or any medal really, this time in the uh, pro relay. (laughs) But uh, we came up a little short. Uh, I thought we ran a pretty good race. You know, Matt did the speed portion, uh, basically says to run up the hill and doing a couple obstacles, running back down. I did the strength portion. Um, Again. Yeah, which I was actually upset that the strength portion had a lot of uphill running with no carries um, because I think that plays less to my advantage than actually having the rec bag on my back.
0: Yeah, I was surprised they didn't bring the sandbags down instead of making you run up to the sandbag or the farmer's carry.
1: Yeah.
0: I figured they'd do something like that, but...
3: Probably just or talk. I figured that the rec bag would have been all the way to the top again <laughs> like it was last year. Yeah, that's what yeah. I assumed
1: that was going to happen. So, yeah, it was not. And then, uh, so we were, I think, in fourth place at the – when I, you handed the baton to me, I got passed by two people. We dropped to sixth. And then on the rec bag carry, I retook one of them, moving us back into fifth with sixth kind of right behind us, and I passed it off to Amy. And most of the other teams had their females run the, uh, the first leg. So it was Amy against basically guys for a lot of that third leg because I think a lot, of them, a lot of the females were worried about Gibbons. And I was like, oh, man, Amy's got to move. Mm-hmm. And uh, she crushed it. So <laughs> I was super – I was like – that was the most – I was impressed with you all weekend. You, you just uh, outran the field and you were super smooth on a lot of the obstacles, which was cool to see.
0: Thank you.
2: A- Amy's, Amy's pretty. Amy's pretty badass. I've I've had her. I've I've had her as a teammate for 30, 38 hours, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, was that how long we went, Amy? I don't know. It felt
0: pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and she has no she has no quit in her. So I I could I'd put her up against any elite male athlete anytime. Uh, and, TPK yeah.
1: endurance. You're talking on
2: right? Yes. Yep. Oh yeah.
1: Yep, and I got her for team one more time next month. So we ended up finishing fifth. But one of the things I really liked about the relay was they made they, – they still left a technical obstacle in each leg, right? So I think, Matt, what you had a yes. rig and Triumph, I believe. Is that correct?
3: Uh, I had, I, I had rig, I had, um, no, I don't, I don't remember triumph. I think I just had rig one at the top. I had like confidence climb rig one. And then I had a run up wall, something else. I had like four or five obstacles. Um, the, the climb killed my brain. So anything after that climb, I really don't remember. <laughs> I threw the chip at you and then I collapsed. <laughs>
1: And then even the strength portion, you know, it still had the heavy carries, but it also had Valkyrie, essentially the rings that go up and then down. So there's still a technical obstacle there. And then obviously on the technical leg, Amy had like all the fun obstacles. And then what I really liked this year was when you joined up as a team, it wasn't just the wall like it has been in the past. You got to actually run a little bit. You did Carjacked, Mm -hmm. which is from City Challenge, where you jump over the hood, which is an easy obstacle, but it makes for cool pictures. And then you all went through Urban Sky. And then you went over the slip wall, so I really like that addition. You know, Adventure killing it, just doing a great job for the whole weekend. Any final thoughts on the weekend in general? Sure. And I know Amy ran the charity event.
0: It was fun all around. Um, I was worried that we were going to kill my aunt walking up the mountain, but <laughs> it was good.
1: <laughs> so I think I think my dad might yeah, be interested I just thought in it was the charity next year. So um, I might be I might be out there with him joining you next year. We'll see. That would be awesome.
3: So, yeah, I think it was just I kind of, as always, with an adventure event, just impeccably executed. like it's there there's never really any part uh, that uh, that really like draws any ire or anything like that. it's 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 just flat across the board. It's challenging for uh, for everyone. Even, even if, like, you know, the obstacles aren't the most difficult ones out there, the fact that they plan the course to make sure that when you get to those obstacles, you're gassed pretty good to where that just automatically changes the dynamic, and it just, I, I can't say enough good things about them. They design great courses, and I can't wait to see what they throw at us in
1: October.
0: I know, I'm excited.
1: I absolutely love what they're doing. On a personal note, I'm kind of hoping we move to a flatter landscape, kind of like Texas was, um, because uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big runner, and I know a lot of our team feels the same way because a lot of us are from flat areas and a little more technical-oriented and less uh,
2: mountain like You said you're not a big trail runner?
1: A mountain runner. I'm not a mountain runner.
2: Oh, mountain runner.
1: Yeah. Yes, welcome to Texas, where the land may be flat, but the terrain still wants to kill you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see where it goes next. They haven't announced, um, Stratton's obviously a very good venue, you know, blue mountain was a phenomenal venue. So I imagine the OCR world championships is going to move this year also. So, you know, who knows, maybe one of them will be end up at blue mountain again. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be at two different locations. Maybe it'll be the same again. We'll see. So I'm,
3: th- I'm thinking if it, I'm thinking Noram might move to like West Canada. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be that would a just be beautiful, but also
0: brutal. That'd yeah, be amazing. That would be Cold awesome.
3: Cold and rainy, and that's our
0: kind of course, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the rain last year helped us so much.
1: Yeah, that's true. I was upset when there was so. It was like sunny Sunday. I was yeah. like, "Boo! Where's the rain?" <laughs> You know. Yeah, the
3: rain came for a little bit of the age groupers on the fifteen k, and I was just like, "Yes, keep going!" And yes. then it would then then Sunday was like, "Beautiful skies." Why I had to say that like Kermit the Frog? I don't know.
1: <laughs> All right, we're gonna switch topics. Switch over to talking about conquer the gauntlet and conquer the gauntlet Wichita, uh, which just happened. Christina, the venue from conquer the gauntlet Wichita used to be <laughs> north of Wichita, and they changed venues this year, moved to like southwest of Wichita. So give me your, some of your thoughts on the new venue and kind of the race in general.
2: So, as far as the venue um, and question, so I went in only having one, knowing I only had one other female competing against me. So um, I I knew I was going to go in uh, and a lot of people know that I have a, a neck injury. I have a herniated disc in, I think, C7. So I was just going to go in uh, attempting a few laps seeing how i did and then we get to um
1: i'm gonna interrupt uh, for a second when you say one female competing against you we're talking for a continuum so the multi-lap conquer the gauntlet their new uh format still an elite wave still open wave but there's also right. a multi-lap format so that's what Christina is competing against okay keep going
2: right i was gonna i was gonna at least attempt the elite wave um you know my record with uh Pegatron is like zero, uh, but I was going to go after Continuum. I was going against uh, Michelle Warnke, which, you know, I knew my standings weren't going to be awesome, but I was going to go after it. Um, We get to Smooth Criminal, and I get there, and all the elite women were still there. So we were there for probably about, I want to say, an hour and a half, an hour, hour and a half, and only a few women got through. And as I'm there, within like 30 minutes, Michelle injured herself. And she busted her leg or her calf and was in, ended up bowing out of Continuum. So all I had to do was basically just get through that obstacle in order to just to win Continuum. So it kind of sounds like a cop-out, but I was like, I, I could have just easily said, oh, I'm out. I, I didn't have to do this. Uh, but that it was really hard. I ended up making it through, but I had to go through barefoot and you know, the rules, you have to have all of your gear on you in order to complete the obstacle. So I had to take all my shoes and socks and I stuffed them in the back of my sports bra and went through the obstacle and basically, uh, made it through the end of, um, the last part of smooth criminal and, and spider monkeyed it halfway up. In order to get to the bars, in order to complete it. Uh, so yeah, I ended up doing two laps because um, just you know make it continuum. But it was kind of a, a half-ass you know win. But I d- I did make it.
1: I mean, it still counts if if no one else shows up. It, a win is still a win. So, and you said that the females were stuck at smooth criminal, but it wasn't just the females. It was like the entire field. I got I got there probably in you know top 15 let's say and it took me four tries to get through and if you don't know we're talking about smooth criminal is like three small uh, quintuple type steps into three big versions of it so you do like a couple of bounds and then you basically jump onto the big one and traverse across a pipe and then you kind of like leap across to another big one traverse across another pipe again and then you touch the bell and I think The combination of, um, I think they'd they'd repainted them recently. So the paint was a little bit slicker. We had just come out of a water obstacle. So I think a lot of the athletes were wet. And then uh, there was probably some morning dew on there too. The combination uh, just made it, I mean, it was, I've never, I've never had that much trouble. Like normally I bound over the little ones. And this time I ended up like almost sitting on them and basically doing splits between the little ones. And then for the big ones, um, I basically I had to, I stood I stood on the third little one and left off the top and uh, traversed that way. And then, you know, when I was making the the leaps from the two big ones, you know, I just had to really push hard and kind of go for it. And I I fell real hard on one of them. I've got a black and blue up and down my uh, left calf right now. So right
2: yeah. before there was a huge wind. <laughs> It was a swim right before the race, like right before that obstacle too.
1: Yeah. So the thing that's interesting, again, with Continuum, is you can penalty out of certain obstacles. You can penalty out of Pegatron. And you can penalty out of the rig, which is called Tarzan Swim. You can penalty out of Cliffhanger, which is called the Monkey Bars. And you can penalty out of Stairway to Heaven. But you can't penalty out of Smooth Criminal. So theoretically, you know, if that obstacle eventually dried out on laps two, three, and uh, four, et cetera, for me, but for a moment there, I was like, is this how my continuum is going to end? Like, am I just going to be stuck at smooth criminal all day or, you know, worse, am I going to get through one lap and then get stuck here again on lap two and essentially you have to repeat that over and over again, um, which is one of the things I like about Conquer the Gauntlet. It's, you know, it's never over till it's over. It It's literally anyone's day, right? Michelle, I would say is the best athlete on our team and, you know, if we're we're placing bets before the race, it would be like, well, Michelle is clearly going to win. And if um, for if some freak reason that doesn't happen, then obviously Randy's going to win because she has like eleven wins at Conquer the Gauntlet, and neither of them won, right? Uh, Cheryl Bergman won, who has won Masters before and she's been on the podium before, but you know her just tenacity and persistence and ability to get through the obstacles um, allowed her to win, which is awesome to see. And that's what I love about obstacle racing in general. But more specifically, conquer the gauntlet because of the mandatory obstacle completion, and it really can—it's really anyone's day on any given uh, race day, which I love.
2: Well, that, and that's what was—you know—the mentality there at that at that obstacle at that time. I mean, Randy almost gave up her belt. She, you know, they were—it um, it was the mentality. After a while, you you get that mentality. The first girl goes through. The second girl goes through. You're like, well, those girls have gone through. The podium's gone. What's the point? Um, you can't have that mentality in races like this because you don't know if they get stuck at something else. And, you know, and I actually had that talk with Randy and I was like, don't, you know, don't give up your belt because you don't know if one of those girls gets stuck somewhere else. And that's exactly what happens. So that's kind of the beauty of obstacle course racing. Um, There's other obstacles ahead of time or I guess my words are after the um, how do I want to phrase it? There's other obstacles. Um, how, how am I trying to say this? There's other, other obstacles that like, come.
1: Yeah, it'll cause problems. That's what – when I, when I oh, talked to Randy, exactly. I said the same thing. I was like, Randy, there's, Pegatron's one of the last obstacles in the race. I was like, Just yeah. keep going. He was like, I guarantee the three women that got through, not all three are going to get through Pegatron. And they didn't, or at least uh, – Right. The,
2: the know, one girl that got through, that got through – uh, smooth criminal was stuck at, at stairway. And, 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 and that's where she got hung up. So you can never give up in one of those races. No matter if you were stuck at a, an obstacle for five hours, you could still end up on the podium.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Just like the old battle frog days. And if you're, if you missed the battle frog and you haven't made it out to a conquer the gauntlet, I'm not sure what you're waiting for because I mean, that's, that's the closest thing you're going to get to that feeling. And it's a lot cheaper also. So, oh Yeah. And I like it better, well, me personally, right
2: <laughs> and I, and I do happen to know that we already have a hundred and twenty people already signed up for the twenty twenty Wichita race. Nice. do yeah. we have dates on that already? Yep, we already have the the Dallas race is up, the Wichita race is up. Some uh, some of the races are already up. So I'm really trying to um, really trying to promote those uh, endurance, the the continuum races. We need to get we need to get some more females out to those continuum races.
1: All right, so if you're a female, <laughs> there's been uh, three women that have won continuum. We have Christina Armstrong, we have Amy Padrick with two wins, and we have Brenna Calvert. So. Um, Let's try to get some more people out there and give them some more competition. The for the men's field, Brent Hastert, one of the KCOCR guys, uh, ended up winning in a very close sprint to the line, uh, which was cool to see. And he beat a Thomas Plush, uh, was a Wichita guy. Interesting thing about Thomas is he runs barefoot the entire race, all the time, which was pretty crazy to see. I don't know. If, have you ever seen him at races before, Christina or Amy?
2: no i i saw him at the line and i was like hey that that dude's barefoot so i thought he was you know sometimes you see people barefoot and they're just running for fun i had no clue uh that he was competitive
1: so i remember him last year at wichita because the race starts and there's a barefoot dude in front of me and i'm like this guy is gonna blow off in about 10 seconds and then i'm gonna pass him and he was he was right next to me for the first mile i was like well, this guy's pretty serious like Despite being barefoot, you know, um, he's, mo- he's moving at a pretty good base. And it was, uh, I think this was his first podium at Conquer the Gauntlet, which is, I, I love seeing people, you know, win their first gauntlet or when they get their first podium. It's, uh, it's a good feeling. So good
3: to see Barefoot that. runners always amaze and frighten me at <laughs> the exact same time uh, because I'm like, man, like, you're, you're a boss. And then I also think, oh, man, you're going to run a race in Texas, bro. We have hidden cactus everywhere.
0: <laughs>
1: that's probably –
3: yeah, that's so probably a good that's a good place.
1: The tex- US OCRC, <laughs> the championship that was in Texas, I pulled out a cactus thorn from my ankle at OCR World Championships. So that was about three months apart, and I still had thorns in me. <laughs> like working <laughs> – <around. Yeah. laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. So, so the the third place finisher in the elite race, uh, Nick Rogers. So he comes through, and I guess he was running Continuum too. So he kept on running. So I come through on. Uh, I was doing Continuum. I wasn't even uh, trying to finish well in elite. I come through on lap one. I'm in like, you know, I know there's people ahead of me. I keep running. Come through on lap two, and I was like, am I in first? And they're like, I think there's someone ahead of you. I was like, mm, okay whatever. Come through on lap three, come through on lap four. And I ask again, you know, I'm like, I'm in first now. Right. And they're like, no, there's a guy ahead of you. And I was like, I'm still like, who the hell's ahead of me? So, uh, it turns out it was Nick and he was putting out a really good pace. Um, so uh, naturally I wanted to move into first. I, I start pushing the pace a little bit harder and I finally passed him, you know, halfway through lap four. Yeah. He was, he was doing an amazing job. The fact that you finish on the podium and then Have the endurance to stay uh in front of me and you know do that well in continuum for that long was was impressive to see and he ended up finishing second with four laps i'm sorry five laps excuse me and i ended up finishing first with six laps and the best part was i got to finish with christina armstrong we finished
2: (laughs) hand hand in hand
1: yeah we finished at the same time and the other funny part is right so (laughs) So we Christi- were both at we both hit Pegatron at the same time. It's like Pegatron, uh, Slack line, and then the Torpedo, the slide, before the end. And Brenna got a picture of us, and it, it was right after like, me and you were walking together. And I was like, oh, hey, Christina, how you doing? You're like, good. And I was like, oh, you're in first, right? You're like, yeah. I was like, oh, cool, what lap you're on? And you're like, two. And I was like, I was like so angry. Because you're on two, and I'm on six. <laughs> I've literally done three times the amount of work as you have. And I was like, what the? F- are you kidding me? So Brenna's got this picture, and I'm like, I have, like, a serious face, and I'm looking at you. That was responding to Christina telling me she's like,
3: <laughs> That was just your mental 2 laps
1: face. And I'll was i I'll be honest. I was hurt, and i I feel like I drank more water than I usually do. And I think I pissed like, twice over the entire five and a half hours. And then when I uh, went and pissed back in my hotel room, it was, like, dark, dark yellow. Like, it was so dark, I was like, uh-oh. I, like, I need to start drinking water right now and then uh, continue to monitor. People. Kidney stones are imminent. Like, it was – I've never – I don't think I've ever seen my urine that dark. It was bad. I was like, oh. um, So – that was my if race. You had
2: somebody push it. I, you, I had nobody push it. If I had somebody on my butt like you did, I, I mean, like I did in Dallas. She I, would have had three laps. Yes. I, I, whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I was doing my best to chase Amy down in Dallas. I just, I, I couldn't catch her. So, you know, like, I, would, I, would have, I would have been there with you. I've done six laps with you before, Evan, so, you know, I just. I didn't have any competition.
1: I mean, yeah, but still, that's that's the way things go sometimes, right? It's, I mean, a win's still a win, and you can't win if you don't show up. So, um, yeah, that is, that you, is true. You got to get to the starting line. I mean, I've won, I won my weight class in a bo- well, one bodybuilding competition because I was the only competitor. I was like, whatever, still wins, win. Still win. <laughs> you know, hey, Steve, still get a trophy, ball. damn it. Yeah,
2: by <laughs> default. So. I did. I did. I did have to con. I did have to honestly contemplate that about you know. Um, you, that was kind of a struggle. It's like, okay, I won it, but did I really win it? But then again, I did have to make it through that obstacle. That's so ma- out of basically four elite women made it through Smooth Criminal, right? Uh, and I was one of them. No, no other women made it through that obstacle with their belt. So you know, technically I did make it through that obstacle with Sir Bell. I would have had to, I mean, I could have easily given up and bowed out and just not, you know, not done continuum at all and given up. But um I, after Michelle, you know, injured herself, I was like, okay, this, you know, I could, I could give up and nobody could finish or I could definitely just keep going for it. I am the only one in the race, but I have to finish this in order to win. So, um And after the first lap, you know, Brenda was like, you already won. You don't have to do any more laps. It's like, well, you know, technically it's continuum. I got to do another lap. So I did go out and do another lap. Um, so I, it, in, in my head, it wasn't like a continuum race, but I did finish that obstacle that nobody else did.
1: I don't know if it's written in the rules, but I think you have to do at least two to be a continuum finisher. I don't like I remember,
2: I think it's it, it's not it's not in the rules, but it should. Like I w- there was no way I was not going to do more than one lap. Right. I think time cut off. I would have, I would have gone again, but time cut off. By that time, I was with you, and it was, that that was actually pretty awesome that you came in to Pegatron at the same time. Because I don't think you know, even at the time with Battlefrog, I did I wasn't able to finish the, the uh, cross the finish line with you. I don't think at any actually continuums. Um, the finishers have been able to cross the line together. So that that was kind of pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I also got to cross the finishing line with Cheryl. I happened to hit Pegatron on my lap too when she was at the end of her lap one. So I got I had two pretty good finishes there. I got to hang out with Cheryl for that very little end, and then I got to hang out with you for the the big end there. But...
2: Yeah, but, but finishing with me was a bigger deal. Go ahead in a minute.
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, any? Th- uh, Amy, I'm not sure. Were you watching the race at all uh, or tracking any of the results online?
0: No, I was out of soul service camping.
1: Oh, boo.
0: And I'm a loser. I'm sorry.
1: Amy, any thoughts on Continuum or Conquer the Gauntlet in general you want to share?
0: I have lots of thoughts. Um, <laughs> I do love that conquer the gauntlet is kind of like a. I feel like it's a good leveling of. You can't just be a good runner, and get on the podium. You have to be able to do obstacles. You actually have to have some skill. Um, which obviously I'm biased because it helps me out a lot. But um, it, like I said, it's kind of like the since battle frog went under, it's like really the only obstacle race that. I go in thinking, you know, there's actually a chance I might not be able to do all the obstacles, you know, um, no matter how many times it takes. So I think that's really cool. Does it? This one that still scares me sometimes, and um, and then to turn around and do it again and again and again is just a a whole nother beast. So I like the mentality of it, and just the like you said, the fact that it could be any one game that day. So.
1: And I'll say, you know, I do, when I do Toughest Mudder, which is now 12 hours, right, I'll run 55 to 60 miles. And the two continues I've done, I've finished 20 to 24 miles. And the, like when I finished 25 miles at Toughest Mudder, my, in my head, I'm like, I should probably start picking up the pace now because the race is like almost halfway over, right? Like, like I still have energy left in the (laughs) tank. And when I finish 25 miles, I conquer the gauntlet. I'm like, I just want to stop. My arms hurt so much. I'm so <laughs> tired. I feel terrible. It's so hot out. And um my, like a couple of the obstacles I like, went across and my biceps were just like completely pumped out. I mean like any better pump than you'd get in the gym, right? Like just like my I could feel like, you know, throbbing in my hands and arms. So it really, you know, for those yeah. of you who have done toughest Mudder and wish the obstacles were tougher, you need to come to Conquer the Gauntlet cuz I mean it is the continuum. The exertion
3: really- level is not even comparable. No, uh, it's 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 an or, it's like two orders of magnitude more difficult. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, even even with the penalties, like I, I you know I have to say with the, with the Dallas race because I'm not as obstacle strong as Amy is, so I was really counting on the Dallas race on my speed and endurance. Um, and just trying to get through the, the the penalties as quick as possible. With this race, with, with my neck, um, I wasn't able to. Those penalties, they're just as hard. Like sometimes – Amy can, like, go through those obstacles like nothing. Some people can go through the obstacles every single time, and those penalties take, you know, two to three times as long as, um, as the obstacles so they really do get you if you have to do them so i mean that makes it a race if you're going head to head with somebody and you're not as obstacle strong as somebody but you're a good runner um it really does make for a good race
1: yeah the penalties are no joke my arms again were completely pumped out and when i finish a penalty i'm i'm tired i'm significantly more tired than if i just did the obstacle um so i like that it Promotes doing the obstacle. Um, you know, it's it's easier to do the
3: obstacle. I
0: definitely agree. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's 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 not one of those where like the penalty is a uh, is is a you know a, a relief. <laughs> it's like yeah. at- Atlas burpees really suck. They they're terrible. Um, I remember when I did well attempted continuum in in Dallas before I decided that cracking my elbow was a was a good idea. Uh, yeah, the the other the other thing about continuum is that. It's, it's one of the only, uh, one of these event, uh, endurance races that's done during the day.
0: <laughs>
3: oh yeah, that's and a game changer. That is terrible. Uh, run, running, running in Dallas during, during the heat of the day is one of the worst things that you can ever do. And it was, oh, okay. Continue this
1: for like eight more hours. Oh God.
3: It was really- miserable.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. That also I heard was a really hot one too. So I don't know. They've all been pretty hot. Yeah. There there. were, there,
3: it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And actually of, of note, when I was, when I, when I mentioned that elbow, my elbow actually only finished healing a week and a half before Noram this year too. So.
1: (laughs) You know, as they were recording this, I just put a post up on my Instagram and you can go back and check it out. But, you know, we always talk about CTG family and kind of that small race feel and how it's it's different than when you go to these big brands and the picture I put up on my Instagram to me like defines that uh, for at least for me, it does. So I finished the race and I am, I am not feeling good because <laughs> I'm dehydrated and I'm tired and you know I'm walking around. My wife is taking care of my two kids, our two kids. And um, you know, I'm having trouble getting my socks and shoes off uh, just cause I'm, I'm not feeling well. And without me asking, one of the owners of conquer the gauntlet, David main prize comes over and pulls my socks off right like i mean that's the type of like small race intimate feel family feel right that you get at conquer the gauntlet the owner of the race you know and it's not like they have a huge staff it's not like there's 300 people working and he's got something nothing better to do right like there's like four people working at any given time and then there's a whole bunch of volunteers um and he came over and like essentially helped take off my socks um so I could get changed for the podium ceremony. So I just thought that was really cool, and my wife got a picture of it. So it's up on my Instagram, Ultra Oscar Man. If you want to go check that out,
3: I mean it's just great seeing CTG people just anywhere, really. Because it, it, I, I've, I see, I see the the jerseys at pretty much every race that I've gone to this year. It, it, everywhere in the Midwest, for uh, for Texas, Oklahoma, everywhere. So CTG, although it is a small and very tight knit family, they, they, they roll deep everywhere. And it's, a, it's great seeing everyone at, at, at every race, um, like, uh, like, uh, Bobby Lee and his brother, I've, I've seen them at like nine events this year and just, uh, it's, it's always great hanging out with those guys and just kind of shooting the shiz and just having a great time. Absolutely love it.
0: Even at all of the the small little Ohio races this year, there was always somebody from CTG there with the jersey. So yeah, like I said, it's it's great to see everybody getting out there and they're usually crushing the obstacles.
1: And if you like the Conquer the Gauntlet jersey, you can buy them off of Legendborn. Essentially, we have basically, if you haven't caught on what's going on at this point, the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team wears the jersey for a year and then we release it for sale to the public the following year. So. Currently all the jerseys are on Legendborn. Um, if you like the jersey we have this year, uh, you can wait a couple months and buy that one from Akuma. And we're gonna essentially put that one up for sale probably right around uh world's toughest motor time frame, so around November, and you can order it then. I know the shipping the order from Akuma because they, they're UK based, uh, the shipping costs a little more. So what I'm hoping to do is basically set up so you can order it and then essentially just pick it up at a Conquer the Gauntlet event, the first event of the season, because the pro team's going to get new jerseys from them. So um, essentially we can pack your order into that and then just have it all shipped over at once. So you'll essentially pay you know a couple bucks for shipping as opposed to mm-hmm. 20 or whatever it is, and save, save you guys a couple dollars and also let you represent the, uh, the brand. And I know Akuma also has some pretty cool stuff. They like shorts and they have socks, and they have a long-sleeve jersey. I know Matt got the long-sleeve jersey. What are your thoughts on the long-sleeve version? That
3: long-sleeve jersey is the truth. Oh, my God, <laughs> I love the long-sleeve jersey. Goodness. Okay, so I got I to got dish about this thing for a second because every, like every short-sleeve jersey is you know kind of the same, like the really good, fitted, ath- athletic kind of stretch material, uh, form-fitting, great. The, the base layer long-sleeve, is still a fitted cut. It's not a, it's not really stretchy, but it kind of has like, like a like a fleece almost in uh, interior. So it's just absolutely great for when it's like, oh hey, it's you know you know 40, you know, 45 degrees outside kind of thing. You can go outside and just that long sleeve base layer and be perfectly fine. So it, it's just ridiculous ridiculously comfortable and i'm pretty sure if you move around it enough and you're not sweating then you'll be able to generate enough of a charge to like shock whoever else is in your house to just <laughs> screw with them so it's like double threat it's amazing i, I can't rec- i cannot recommend that base layer you know half zip long sleeve enough
1: yeah i know matt was the only one from the team to get one this year and then after you got one everyone's like we should have ordered one for the whole team so um yeah. <laughs> A lot of
3: people were jealous well, even 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 you when uh when you were uh w- w- at the at the
1: hotel this year at Noram you were just like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah all right we're gonna start wrapping things up if you haven't been watching Telemundo even if you don't speak Spanish please start watching it Jay Flores is on he's on I don't know how to pronounce it. is it exaltlon exatlón I don't know how to, I don't know the correct pronunciation exatlón United estados unidos um so it's like a fitness ocr type based competition reality type show so uh, jay flores is on there and so is mac roche and then a bunch of puerto rican people who i i don't recognize from anywhere else but um he's currently on there There, like like episodes <laughs> literally every night um my stupid cable package doesn't get telemundo so i'm i'm resigned to watching clips on uh facebook and youtube and Things that Jay shares on Instagram, so check that out if you haven't already been doing so. Set your DVRs, etc. Oh, sorry, we need to take
3: just one one second just to recognize Team Puerto Rico because okay, so so North American Championships. This was the same last year, and at OCR World Championships last year, and the year before that, every single you know all the nations that are represented. Team USA, Team Canada, Team here there, and you know, you get a few people cheering here or there, Team Puerto Rico, there's like 20 people there. They're outnumbered by everyone, like 10 to 1, and anytime you ever hear Team Puerto Rico being introduced in any way, shape, or form, they are the loudest team there by far Every- Every single event that I've ever seen them in. They are some of the best people that I know that I've met in this sport. Just vivacious about everything. And I love those guys. So huge shout out to Team Puerto Rico. Wherever you guys are, it's an amazing time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They are super loud. And they were also buying lots of copies of my uh, Strength and Speeds Guide to lead Obstacle Course Racing. So I like them even better now. Because <laughs> they, they kept coming by. Double kept- win. <laughs> I kept coming back and buying more copies, and I was like, "Yeah, Puerto Rico." But yeah, they're awesome. So loud, uh, it's so much fun. All right, so we're gonna start wrapping it up. So watch Telemundo. Michelle Warrenke made it to Vegas for American Ninja Warrior. So if you missed that, you definitely want to go watch that. And then on top of that, the apparently they really released teasers on the website on Ninja Warrior that someone is gonna win it all this year. So um, you should be watching Ninja Warrior because it'll be a pretty good ending to the season i'm pretty sure so check that out let's go around quick shout out to anyone you want to say hi to friends family sponsors etc uh christina you're up first
2: so gonna definitely give a shout out to gooder everybody just needs to go get a pair of gooders right now just get on the website and get you a pair of gooders uh they're amazing you can use them while you are running while you are racing um even, uh, elite racing. I have done it. I have pictures that prove it. Um, also shout out to dry robe. I still use my dry robe religiously. Just bought actually both of my cross country team managers, dry robes, um, because they would steal mine all the time. So huge shout out to dry robe.
1: Awesome. And also since we have multiple people on the podcast, we're going to do, tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you, but we'll do that after the shout outs. So, uh, start thinking about answers right now. Amy, shout out. You want to Um, give friends, family sponsors, et cetera.
0: First off to my family who came up to Noram, uh, from Tennessee and Virginia and Pennsylvania. It was awesome to race the open or the Stratton foundation race with them. And I'm glad they're getting into it. Um, sponsor wise, definitely big shout out to Marina and Ufos. Um, great compression gear, recovery gear. Um, just to help turn around to race day after day after day. And for all the traveling to sitting in a car, it helps so much. Um, an atomic for all of the training gear. Um, to train for all the obstacles. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Matt, what do you got?
3: Uh, shout outs to uh Marina Sport for just always keeping me like clothed properly <laughs> in races. Um you Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Mud Gear. Seriously, I can't get enough of either of, of their products. I, I own far too much Mirena and Mud Gear that I could uh, just... I, w- I would be embarrassed <laughs> to show how much of the stuff I have from each of those guys. So it, it's some of the best gear that you're going to get in the business. The best compression wear, the best socks, just... Make it happen, guys. Seriously. Take a look at, at, at both of them. You will not be disappointed with their stuff.
1: Awesome. Now let's go to tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you. So who wants to go first? Who's got one in, ready? Well, I got one in the chamber. Alright, go for it, Matt. So, for about three, three and a half years or so,
3: I was an assistant salsa instructor, actually, down here in, in San Antonio. <laughs> That's a good so one. I, at, so, I. At, Oh yeah, yeah. So so I went from like being the quintessential dancing white guy, which means never. Uh you know, some people are like, Oh, I have I have two left feet. I was Blackbeard the Pirate. I had two peg legs, son. You had no <laughs> idea how bad it was. And uh no, I just I just kept going going back to this club every single week and just doing the same lesson over and over and over again and just learning salsa, Merengue Bachata and just ended up Just helping teach the class for like three, three and a half years after a bit It was good times.
2: Wow,
0: that's pretty awesome.
1: I feel like we need a demonstration (laughs) next time you're around. All right,
2: all right. right.
3: Have a have a okay. All right, Uh, either a technique Tuesday or at uh, or at the next CTG that I'm able to get to, I'll I'll just go ahead and teach a class on the Paso de
0: Coros. Yes, (laughs) sounds amazing. That'll be an obstacle you have to master a salsa move before you can move on
3: (laughs) Oh, you know what? i don't want to totally
1: intimidate anyone if you can count to eight you can dance salsa straight up (laughs) we we can have it we can have it be like the spartan gladiators where there's like a very narrow path and matches dancing and you have to like get
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh man we just turned this into slam dancing real fast
1: (laughs) all right amy or uh hb what do you got
2: uh, I have one. I, I don't know. If, I don't even know if y'all know that. Did y'all know that at, uh, that I was actually a surrogate mom? Did you know that? No. Oh,
1: I yes. did know. I did know that. I think you told me at some point. So, but but this is this. I is- did.
2: Yes, I. You know, my I have a being a teacher and a special ed teacher and everything. I I always have to. I have the unbelievable need to help everybody in life. So yes, I was a surrogate mom. Uh, actually before I did this, I helped a couple before, uh, Cambry. So before my youngest daughter right now, I was a surrogate mom. So I carried a baby for another couple.
1: Did you know them beforehand or was this, uh,
2: No, I did not. Actually, I was on, um, I would, they had a, they had a company to be egg an egg donor. Um, so I was on their registry to be an egg donor and they reached out to me, um uh in order to uh just they, the lady saw my paperwork and asked if I would be interested in uh interviewed me and to carry their child and uh, I had I had a psychological evaluation that I passed by the way. Yeah,
1: that, that's the that's the most
2: surprising part of this
3: story. <laughs> I like how that was like the exclamation <laughs> point. I passed a psyche <laughs>
2: evaluation. Kend- Kendon likes to to emphasize that that I passed a psychological evaluation because uh, that's always the first thing they have to do to make sure that you know you don't try to steal the baby or anything. But yes, I passed one, and and I was a I was a surrogate mom. Wow, that's
1: pretty cool. I give you a lot of credit for that. I give you a lot of credit. That's a lot of work and time and you know the emotional attachment of. Letting go is, is pretty impressive, I, like that. And people who adopt children, I'm always like in absolute awe of the like the selflessness there. I'm just not like I love my children more than anything in the world, but I don't feel that I don't feel that connection with other people's kids like at all, like even remotely. Like I don't I don't like other people. I love my children more than anything. I just don't like other, I don't like other children. I don't. So I am I, always in awe of people that have the kind heart enough to adopt other. Amy, what do you got?
0: Um. Outside of obstacle racing, I do a lot of painting. That's that's all I could come up with. I don't think people know about that as much.
1: Okay,
3: that's pretty good. Um, okay, yeah. new, new obstacle, doing Pegatron
1: on canvas. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hmm, challenge accepted. There you go, Amy. Check.
1: Normally, I try to tie in mine with something someone else said. Um, I'll go... This is kind of weak, so I'll probably do two. My wife is actually very artistic, so her pictures um, that she painted in college and stuff are actually all over our house. So our, our house is decorated by her artwork, which is like the complete polar opposite of me. I do, sure. not, do, I do not do fine motor skill movements like painting or drawing. I have terrible handwriting. Mm-hmm. My dad has terrible handwriting. It's, like, it's just not <laughs> what I do. Um, and I feel like the more I do physical fitness stuff, the worse I get at fine motor skills. Like my body is like my body only does large muscle movements now. Um, so I you I'll, have
2: Lego sculpture. I, you?
1: I do love Legos. Yeah. I do like <laughs> Legos. Doesn't love Legos. Right. I, I question I question you as a person if you don't enjoy Legos. They're just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll go so I'll go with that was one and the other one I I'll go with this. This is kind of an interesting one. The most expensive car I've ever driven uh, was, is a uh, Mercedes E-Class that was fully bulletproof with night vision on it. It was, oh. like, it was like the freaking James Bond Ooh. car. So I think the base model of the E-Class ah. is like $200,000, and this one had like a souped-up engine, oh. so like a V12, to handle all the extra weight for the armor, so it was like completely bulletproof. And then it had basically every feature available inside. It was freaking awesome. Um, so, so were you transporting like a like an oil sheik? No, nah, no. I was um, – I'll say – I'm not going to give you the country, but I was in the Middle East, and we were driving armored cars, and that happened to be one of the armored cars that was in the inventory. So uh, that's what I was driving. Oh. So, in yeah. inventory. <laughs> Damn. So um, – <laughs> That's kind of a little teaser. Actually, I don't think I put that one in my new book, Ultra OCR Man. But if you want to hear other stories like that, uh, you can pick up a copy of Ultra OCR Man uh, from Special Forces Soldier at a record-setting obstacle course racer. So it covers, two, covers two, two of the chapters about my military deployments, and then it's a little bit about me as a kid and how unathletic I was. And then it gets into obstacle course racing and you know OCR America and o- Ultra OCR Grand Slam and Endure the Gauntlet. So I thought the book came out really well. You can check it out. We have sold out about 75% of the copies, so if you're waiting to buy one uh, for later in the year, you should probably pick it up sooner because it will eventually run out, and uh, we'll see if I print more. As of now, I'm not printing anymore because printing books costs a lot of money, so it takes a long time to dig yourself out of that
0: hole
1: Um, because people don't read as much as they should. You should read books. The number of people who told me <laughs> <laughs> the, the number of people who told me Strength and Speed's Guide to Lead Obstacle of Course Racing was the first book they've read in years, I found slightly disturbing. I mean, people tell it to me more often <laughs> than I uh, care to admit. So please read books, even if it's not mine. It's good for you. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. All right. I think that about wraps up the podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming on. And uh, Amy, where's the next race we'll see you at?
0: Um, I think the next one's Worlds, London.
1: Boom. Matt, what's your next one? I got uh, Spartan Seattle
3: next weekend and then Worlds after that. Nice. HB, what do you
2: got? Uh, it's full-fledged cross-country season for me right now, so I am coaching, um, but I will be at uh, CTG Little Rock.
1: Right on. I have Casey timber challenge in Kansas city coming up next on September 8th. So local permanent course located in Kansas city fun course. I know they just updated a bunch of their obstacles, including adding a low rig, I believe they're going to add. So the, the course has really stepped up their game in the last couple of years, much better from when it was um, when CTG paired with them in uh, 2016 and 17. So it's really gotten a really a lot better. I got that. And then I have uh, a bunch of conquer the gauntlets left for the year and then maybe one other surprise, which I will announce as soon as my uh, tickets are confirmed. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be epic, though. You're going to love it. All right, that wraps it up, and we will catch all of you later. Thanks for coming on. Have a good one.
0: Bye.